It is Monday, August 12th. This is Jaguar's Happy Hour. Jaguar's Happy Hour is presented by Jet Home Loans. And now, a guy cryogenically frozen for absolute freshness, J.P. Shadrick. Hopefully not as long as Antonio Brown, but that's okay. Uh, welcome in. Jaguar's Happy Hour. Presented by Jet Home Loans, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Pete Prisco. Hi, Jeff. If your feet were damaged, you'd be okay, though. You'd be practicing, J.P. That's right. But, yeah. I, I, you know, I would use the helmet that they told me to, but that's okay. That's a strange <laughs> deal now. <laughs> we'll get to that a little strange later. Strange deal. And around the league. Pete Prisco, CBS Sports. By the way, Logs is in because Maselli's sipping tea and eating crumpets. Literally. Hey, if, yeah, it, by the way, if we froze Baselli's brain, we could put it in like one of them little baby jars, couldn't we? It would be like <laughs> tiny little thing. <laughs> in a museum somewhere, right? Yeah. yeah. That's good, Pete. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. <laughs> I like it. Um, we've got plenty to get to on this program today. Uh, left tackle news. That was the big news of the day. Nick Foles speaks. The quarterback talking as always news. We'll hear from you. QB coming up. Philosophy of starting or not starting in the preseason. They're your starters for the regular season. We'll That's been a hot topic lately. Break that down. We'll go around the National Football League as well. Let's start today with the left tackle news. We'll start actually on Saturday. Doug Marone, the Jaguars head coach, broke the news that he wasn't sure some of these guys would be ready, including Cam Robinson, and Doug was down on Saturday. You know, those guys are really trying hard, but today was kind of a benchmark, you know, to try to kind of get them back. I don't know if they're going to be ready, you know, for the season. So, you know, they're working hard. The trainers are working hard. You know, everybody's working hard, for, uh, you know, but we just can't get them over the hump. So we've got to go and start preparing um, to, to play without them. That's Saturday. Let's move to Monday morning. Today at TIAA Bank Field, the Jaguars back in the practice field about 8.45 and about 8.15. The first question of Doug Marone today was the latest on Cam Robinson. Obviously, injuries have been a big thing. Uh, we do have one change, uh, you know, which we're excited about. Obviously, uh, Cam Robinson is going to be off of PUP. So um, he'll be out there on the practice field. He'll be going through walkthroughs and uh, individual. So that's the good news. Cam Robinson back in the practice field. We had a chance to see Cam Robinson on the practice field. Individuals, walkthroughs today, and then we heard from the big fella after practice. What in the world? Cam Robinson back out there. Um, yeah, I had a plan this whole time. Uh, be, the week, be back by week one. Um, I didn't really put a timetable on it. I was just basing on how I felt coming in each and every day. Anything anybody said, it didn't come from me, so I, I never really paid too much attention to it, so people are going to talk. Okay, here he is, about 11 months since that injury, and he's finally back on the practice field in a limited role. Here. That, that's a long time for, for most guys, especially offensive linemen, to finally come back to practice. You're talking about 11 months. Uh, most guys are back to some form of practice. Usually 10 is usually at the latest, Pete. I mean... Some some guys are back sooner than that, maybe nine months for, for an offensive lineman. Yeah, and, and that leads me to a little bit of a red flag for me. And, and, and I think we talked about this, Jeff, when I was up there. Um, that's a long time. And, and so did he not do his rehab as diligently as he should? Was there a message sent by the head coach uh, the other day? And, you, you know, Jeff, you played for Tom. You know how Tom would send those messages through the media. And, and try and get those to the players. 
that looked like a message that was sent to him and, and message received because he was on the P, off the PUP list today. Well, let, let me let me kind of you, you got two separate things going on there. No, number one is is look, every knee is different. You know, could Cam Robinson's knee have responded later, and that's why you know it has taken him some time to get back? Yes. So I don't want to sit here and say, okay, it's it's on the player. Maybe he had something uh, that needed to be further strengthened or any something like that. Or just Along, uncomfortable with something. I mean, look, right. I mean, everybody's different. Yeah. I mean, not everybody comes back on the cookie cutter rehab schedule. So something could have altered that schedule for him. Now, was this a message from Doug Marone on Saturday, which prompted his return today? I will say this. Doug Marone, I've never gotten the impression, I've never, uh, from talking with him, felt like he has ever sent any message through the media. I've never known him to do that. I think in this situation here, because when you get down to the end where a player has to clear medical hurdles to get cleared for practice so that he can be taken off a PUP, the majority of that information is based on what the person or the individual is telling the doctor. And then the doctor makes a judgment call from that information. So did this end up maybe opening the eyes of Cam Robinson? Oh, my gosh. Uh, they're preparing without me. I might not be ready. I maybe. might not be ready, or there might not be a job for me opening day if I don't hurry up and get back. I mean, did it open Cam Robinson's eyes? Maybe. Uh, was it intended to be a message by Doug Marone? I don't think it was intended to be a message by Doug Marone. I mean, Doug Marone goes based off of what the doctors and the trainers are telling him. So, yeah, but to, but Jeff, you know better than that. Tom never would push back on the doctors back, and I'm not saying Doug did here, but we know coaches that do do that, and they've done it over the years. See, for me, isn't this a matter of can you do your work without having swelling and any other issues? And maybe he got to that point where yesterday he did his like couple days of work and there was no swelling and they said okay let's go then it's, it's go time. Nah, I don't Maybe believe that. I, I think this was a I think this is a I mean 48 hours is not going to change whether or not you're going to have swelling or not. I mean that that's not going to change. I mean the only thing that's going to change is the information that the individual's given the doctor based on can he or can he not do what is required of him at a practice. So, well, I mean, if that's the case, then the message made a maybe it wasn't a clear message from Doug Marone, but if it wasn't, it worked. Oh, well, exactly. I, it, maybe it wasn't I, a message, but maybe it worked as one, which is fine. Yeah, yeah, maybe that message came from above and Doug was the mouthpiece, if you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> well, Pete would, and he does often. So, yes. Okay, I, 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 look, I'm, I, I'm glad he's back. And, uh, and Pete, I'll tell you this, I'm glad he's back because if he wants to be ready for opening day, he's got to come back and he's got to compete with Obwehi. And he's got to show that he's going to be the best option for the left tackle position. And that's not going to be easy to do because you're talking about a player who has not done a practice yet and has returned from an ACL reconstruction. And you're talking about competing with a guy who, by the way, he was a first-round pick, too, uh, so he's got some talent. And it wasn't like that it was a reach for the Bengals. I mean, he was a consensus first-round pick. And he had some knee issues talent. early as well, and that kind of messed him that up. That kind of Cincinnati. messed up his draft status, sure. but he was still a first-round pick. Yeah, that's right. You know, so, I mean, this, this, this is exactly what you want, I think, if you're a coach. You want a position battle for the opening day starting job. There's nothing wrong with that.
you would like to have your five guys get some work together eventually, though. You know what I mean? Before week one, you want your five guys who are going to be your starting offensive linemen to have some kind of cohesiveness. Sure. Sure. And so, I'd, I'd look whether at, that's in a practice that, field or in a game spot, or whatever. Right. Right. That spot is open. Isn't there a battle at right guard going on now, too, with Can and, and Richardson? Isn't well, that maybe. now open battle, too? Well, I, I, look, I don't think it's a spoken job that's open, but I think, look, here's the reality. Every job is open. Correct. And, and, and well, It sounds pretty public to me when they said it the other day. You're talking about Will Richardson, Richardson Jr. Yeah, he has a chance to win a starting Well, look, job. I mean, first of all, if you're going to compete for a starting right guard job, what's the first requirement? You need to play right guard. Okay, what did he do in game one? Played right tackle. Yeah. Because of the numbers game, because of the injuries that they had at the tackle position, Will Richardson had to play right tackle. So can he win that job? Uh, sure. But he's got to be given the opportunity to play reps at right guard in a game situation. I mean, that's where the ultimate trust is going to come from. So I think was Will Richardson can he – Was there any sort of message – I mean, not a message, but Ken was one of the few guys that actually lined up and played the other night as a, star, as a potential starter. That was a little well, – and, Well, I think two reasons for that, Pete. Uh, number one is is that they feel that A.J. needs the reps. I thought A.J. came out last year, had a wonderful camp. He was keeping his head up, the new emphasis on the helmet rule with the offensive lineman. It made him a better player. You've seen a couple times where he's fallen back into that trap where the head has started to drop. But the other thing is that they want to know if A.J. can can be a center. And if A.J. can can be a center, then that changes the dynamic of what they do on game day. It also changes the dynamic of what they're going to do to, as far as shaping the roster at the offensive line position because if you can have him snap, does that give you an option of letting Tyler Shatley go and keeping these extra tackles? Maybe. Uh, or does it just give you an option on game day of having A.J. Can active with Will Richardson Jr. active as well with he active and Cam Robinson as a starter or flip the tackles, however you want to do it. But if you're going to have seven active on game day, somebody's got to be able to play center in a pinch. So does that give you the ability to where Shatley is not that option? Maybe, you know, yeah. Maybe. maybe. Yeah, Jeff, I'm going to pin you down right now. We're, we're a month away. Ooh. Who starts opening day on that offensive line? I, I, think, I think everything is obvious. I think A.J. Cannon is the starter at right guard. I don't think that there will be enough opportunity or reps for Will Richardson Jr. to be able to gain some traction at the right guard position. Uh, the left tackle position to me, uh, I mean, how do you pick it now? I mean, we've, we've seen Cam Robinson yeah. at one practice and he didn't even really do any team reps. You know, but so if, he's, if, he's if back, I had to pick right now, he if he's right back, then I well, think I'm, Cam Robinson back, because he he's their draft pick he and, and he's and their I, guy. Look, he struggled. Don't get me wrong. I never thought he was had a great two, first two seasons be, even before he got hurt last year. So I, I yeah, think, I mean, Pete, but I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I think he's going to be the left tackle. But if he falters, if he falters and his footwork is not clean and he's showing any signs of not being back and ready to go, then Obey he's in. And I think now you're, you know, hopefully – Jawan Taylor starts to get back to practice, and he can take the majority of the reps at right tackle. Because look, the reality is he's going to be your starter at right tackle. Uh, I think everybody knows that, and everybody can see that. I mean, it would be tough not to be able to see that with your own eyes. So, but because of that right tackle issue of health, and because of the right guard issue of health, you're having to do some things with guys that you would like to do something differently with. So. 
it's a numbers game, Pete. Sometimes, look, when a couple guys are down, do you get to evaluate Will Richardson where you'd like to evaluate him at, which is right guard? No, he's got to play right tackle. That's what your numbers tell you. Interesting stuff in the offensive line. That's what training camp, the preseason, all that is well, and, it's, and look, uh, yeah. it, it's great. I thought A.J. Can did a, a pretty good job at center and, and the reps that he got during the game. You think so? He did a pretty good job. The biggest question that I have for A.J. Can, Pete, and you know this, I mean, when you have a guy that is not a historic center, which, I mean, you know, you're born and raised and you were playing center since Little League and high school, what happens in a shotgun snap and you got a guy right on top of your nose? Right. I mean, look, it's, it's easy to do it in practice. All of a sudden, the lights get bright, and you put uh, Aaron Donald on top of you, uh-huh. and you're in a shotgun situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, is the snap going to get to Nick Foles? You know? So those are the things that are hard to evaluate and, until you get under the lights in the preseason. So, and then that's one of the reasons why I think A.J. Cannon was active when so many others, starters, were not active. You need to evaluate him as a center. We'll have plenty more talk on the left tackle position. We will uh, get to your questions on social media today as well. Uh, Send us uh, a tweet on Twitter. That's where you send tweets. And we'll get to those in the second hour tonight, including some questions about the left tackle. Well, and and questions about the left tackle that was in a Twitter video. Yes, we'll get to that. In the questions. Wow. Yeah, I, I got a lot of questions about that video. Yes, mm. we will uh, we'll delve back into that a little bit later today. We'll come back in a moment. And uh, the philosophy of starting or not starting. To start or not to start. That is the question. We'll hear from Nick Foles when we come back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Here, the last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now 
at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. For tile, wood, and stone, come to the nationwide low-price leader, Floor & Decor. The prices are the lowest you will find. Not only did we find lots of options, we were like, oh my gosh, it's so affordable. It's affordable no matter what your budget. I saved a lot of money at Floor & Decor. We came in under budget. Way under budget. It's way under budget. It's really the best pricing. You're getting an incredible product for an amazing price. Why wouldn't you want to save money and make your house look great? I love to save money. Who doesn't like to save money? <laughs> Floor & Decor, two Jacksonville area locations. Or visit floorandecor.com. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. method behind the madness so we trust that um, but you know I mean y'all seen practice I mean we're competing every single play you know we're pushing through we're grinding through we're playing at game speed we're talking through it and you know we're working to get better so we're getting those game reps out here obviously it's not in a stadium it's not under the lights um, and that is a different animal in itself but we're, we're getting a lot of work um, and you know when we do take the film and coach decides that you know we'll be right you know we'll be ready to roll and you know there's always some butterflies when you get back out there and to play it doesn't matter what game you're playing in but you know, I know our guys are working hard right now. There's your quarterback, Nick Foles, today after practice. Welcome back. Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logaman in for Tony Baselli tonight. Thank you, Logs. For sure. Being here. Appreciate it. Sure. Good uh, to be here. And Pete Prisco oh, down in South upgrade. Florida. We got an upgrade tonight, J.P. This is what we call <laughs> the business an yeah, upgrade. That, that, that ain't hard. Huh? <laughs> wow. That's not hard, right? Yeah, you, you could have just stepped in there and, and put sure, tape on your mouth. And you make sure we it. replay that going game day for Baselli. <laughs> uh, by the way, Thursday night's uh, Eagles-Jaguars game is presented by Pet Paradise. Will Nick Foles, should Nick Foles play anything of this game Thursday night? I want to let Pete start this because I think this is a great debate, and I don't, I don't think there's any right answer, but Pete will swear up and down that he has the right answer. Well, my right answer is he should play, um, you know, and then look, a series or two, whatever, depending on how long the series is, if the series is three and out, then you put him in for a second one. If the series is, you know, eight plays and you, you get a field goal out of it, then you get him out of there. But I, I think he needs to get to work. I, I think you can wait to week three. You know, you're not playing in week four. Uh, so yeah, I think he does need to get to work, but nothing important. I, you know, I was talking, having a chat with Philip Rivers the other night on, on the sideline. I was saying, do you get anything out of preseason? He says, I get way more out of the practices and out of working with other teams. He had 40 throws against the Rams the other day. If he played in the preseason, he might get two, maybe in the first quarter. I mean, the first couple of drives. So I do think you got to be careful with it, but I would play him this week if I were the Jaguars. Did, did you hear those numbers? It's amazing, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's something that I'm going to actually have a conversation with Doug Marone about uh, for the pregame interview. I've got it on my oh, list. on uh, radio. I've got, I've got it on my list okay, of good. things to ask Doug Marone because, you know what, it's been a hot topic. Yes. It really has been. And, uh, and we're also going to talk with him about it for Jaguars weekend coming up. We'll talk to him about it after the preseason game number two, and then we'll find out what happens in preseason game number two. Cool. Uh, 
what is the right answer in today's NFL? I don't know if there is a right answer, but would I feel more comfortable seeing my starters out there? Yes. But I will say this, Pete. When you go to a Jaguars practice, whether they be in Baltimore or out here at the practice fields, you are seeing the number ones get a for and I have a word that I would use to describe it, which is a a pile of you know a bunch of pile, but I'll use this term. <laughs> they are taking a lot of snaps in practice, and against the Baltimore Ravens and two practices against the Ravens, the number ones took the majority of the snaps. So th- I think the philosophy shift is this: if you play them in the game, you're probably backing out of some reps in practice, or you could flip that. You could decrease the reps in a game and increase the reps in practice in a controlled environment where you know your starters, the guys that are critical, are not going to get hurt. So what is the right way of doing things? Well, I don't think there's a right answer here, but I will say that it makes the fan base and it makes us as observers probably more comfortable by seeing the starters and the team play, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what are we looking for? Are we looking for the team to play so we can go, oh, our team is going to be okay. They looked good the other night. Or what's the more important thing? When the games start for real in September. Day, having them all available. Yes. Now, here's a question for you. If the entire offensive line is healthy, if everybody in this offense is healthy and ready to go, does that make a difference right now? Like if you, what do you right, mean? As far as if, if everybody's healthy, if, it doesn't make a difference what your decision is right now. For week two. Do, no. Right. no, it does not. You either play Foles two two series or you don't play him at all. It doesn't have any bearing on who's in the in the um, for me on the offensive line. You know, here's the other thing: is anything you take away from preseason? And Jeff, you've known this for a long time. I have too. You can't take anything from games. Nothing. Zero. Zippo. Because nobody schemes anything. It's hard to evaluate players. It's just for me. I think sometimes guys are just trying to get acclimated to the game speed. Uh, and so for me, I, I almost never take anything from the preseason. And it used to be, well, week three, you could take stuff from that because supposedly it was game week. Even that has been pulled back some. Right. And so, so it's hard to get a real – I get more out of watching two teams practice against each other than I do at any of the preseason games. Yeah, and I think I think that's more valuable, the practice time going against somebody than actual the games, even though the game snaps, you know, you do have benefit of it because the intensity ramps up. You're getting a player who wants to compete at a high level. Uh, you know, so, I mean, I, I don't know if there's a right answer. And, Pete, you bring, up, you bring up a great point. How do you evaluate preseason? Okay, n- number one is, is what is the game plan? Do you think that Todd Wash – is playing his nickel defense with the full bag of calls in a preseason game. So if, if he's not, can you really evaluate the game and say, boy, that was good or that was bad? You can't because a lot of times when, when the Jaguars are playing in the preseason game, they might have four plays in the playbook in its entirety offensively and run those four plays play in and play out so they're not changing anything up they're not giving anything any kind of different looks and you know what the defense may be playing guys that normally wouldn't play or the defense may be playing a defensive system that they're not going to play in that situation in a regular game for example it's like the other night i did the cardinals game right i was at arizona i went to go see murray's first game he completed five of six passes or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in any style or form of the offense that they're going to use during the regular season. Nothing. It was mm-hmm. zero. Well, there's no, many times, you know Pete, how, 
Kingsbury likes to spread people out and play five wide and everything. People don't show things in the preseason. No. But if you go to a practice, and I'm sure you guys saw this last year, last week at Baltimore, when you go to a practice where they're working against another team, they'll do a lot more of their stuff. They'll show more stuff because it's not on tape and, and you know, it, it's not easy to, to get log on and find it and see it. So I think you show a lot more and work on a lot more when you're going against another team in practice than you do in the preseason. Yeah, for, for example, real quick, yeah. JP, uh, multiple times in a preseason game you've seen the Jaguars playing an offense that might be in a three-wide receiver set, but yet the Jaguars are playing a base defense. I mean, they're not even playing a nickel defense versus three or four wides. They're like, oh, we'll just play it in base defense because that's what we have, and, and we don't want to substitute the extra defensive backs or it's a personnel issue. Or look, we got some injuries here. We got some injuries here, whatever, right. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean, so in the preseason, you never get apples to apples and oranges to oranges. You always get apples versus oranges and oranges versus apples. Well, let me ask you this, guys. When is this going to change? Are they going to shorten this preseason at some point down the line? Well, I mean, look, it's a, it, you, in a perfect world, you'd like to see them shorten the preseason, but are they going to? I mean, here's the thing. Do you, do you go to your fan base and say, hey, look, uh, we're, we're taking away two preseason games, and so now your per-ticket charge is increased per game for season tickets? I, I, you know, I mean, I think that's that's the one obstacle, I think, to to eliminating part of the preseason or all of the preseason. But the reality is, is every coach will tell you that, and I think the majority of the consensus is among coaches in the National Football League that if you give them two preseason games, that is plenty. And anybody the coach that would two. tell you anything different, Pete, is not telling the truth. Two and work with other teams, either, uh, you know, maybe twice. And for example, I'm, I'm a big believer in, I, I do still think it's going to 18 games at some point. I mean, that's a reality. The rosters are going to get increased. There's going to be more jobs, more money. The networks will like it. The teams will like it. The owners will like it. The players will make more money and, and there'll be more jobs. So I do think it's going there, but you got to get rid of two of them. And what you do is Jacksonville went and worked out with Baltimore for a couple, for two days. That's still going to happen, but I still think they need to add something else. And what I would add, and it would make a lot of sense to help grow your NFL fan base, and some people think you don't have to, but there's always you know, people out there that can't go to games. Go in between two cities. For example, the Jaguars would go meet the Falcons in Valdosta, have a workout with them on one day, have like the supposed scrimmage, although you don't tackle, at nighttime on one day, make a little festival around it, and give the money to charity, all of it. All the money goes to a local charity. Uh, and therefore, hey, you're going to grow on. your fan base. People who, from Valdosta who can't go to Atlanta, can't afford to go to Atlanta, can't afford to go to Jacksonville, will see an NFL game. Miami and Tampa might meet, you know, whoever, wherever. Fort Myers, Naples. whatever. Right. Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. Wait a minute. You, you think, you think that they're going to do something like that? That's ridiculous, Pete, because the facilities aren't up to par. Bigger. No, the facilities wouldn't be up to par doing something like that. You're going to stay. You're going to stick with what you do. The, I think the best way to do it in the preseason, you still continue to play your your two preseason games, but you take those two preseason games and you have two weeks off from the last preseason game to the first regular season game, and then the first preseason game is almost unassured. We're going to travel to a team and practice with them, or they're going to come to us, and then we practice each other. You could do the same thing on the second game, and then your starters wouldn't have to play the second preseason game, which would be your last preseason game, and then you would have two weeks to get ready for the season opener. To me, that's, that's the way you should do it. 
you know, like you the festival time thing, to get ready you go, to, you go to like Valdosta State or something and do it. They, those, Pete, the I facilities, like I mean, enough. I like your idea, hey, but I the facilities it. aren't aren't the quality at Valdosta State the that fa- you're going to have. Falcon, the Falcons and, and uh, Titans used to go meet in Dalton, Georgia at a high school facility. Pete, do you think, do you think the, the NFL year was that, Players Pete? Association is going to agree to go play at a high school stadium? Or to Not go to some game. college a, facility, a, a, a where so- like a couple work days, just no. like they do it. No, okay, no, because as well, an NFL player, I can tell you, I wouldn't go to a high school field well, and expect the facility to be as quality to NFL standards. We're talking about the it's field itself. It's a safety Nine issue. Yeah, it's a turf field now. No, it's a safety good. issue, Pete. You get you got to stick with the NFL facilities. I mean, that's all fine and dandy. Let's just let's not get carried away by by changing the entire dynamic of preseason by wanting to travel to high schools Didn't the and Jags- college. Just cut two games out. Go to two preseason games and still keep it. Uh, somewhat quality football in an NFL stadium, cut the ticket prices for preseason, and allow those people that live in Valdosta or wherever to come to the game. Didn't the uh, look, the Jags went down to Barstool? The, the, the poor guy that can't get the I'm not sure I just said, make the tickets affordable for the people from Valdosta. Are, cruel. Cruel. The Jags went don't to Barstool. Don't you hunt up there near Valdosta? I'm going to have to have a little chat with those people up there about your hunting area. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, let's come back. We'll uh, flip it around. Talks a little defense when we come back. Josh Allen, his debut, and Taven um, Bryan has kind of been a topic this week. Are you Duval enough to represent the Jags in London? Find out in the Jaguars Global Ambassador Contest. Submit a video telling us why you're the number one Jags fan. And you can win a trip for two to London, including round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, tickets, field passes, and more. Register by August 19th at jaguars.com slash global trip. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. boys and girls, Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle wraps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue 
of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hurry into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event and get 20% estimated savings on select Ford SUVs. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th Anniversary Collectible Cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. I should have just penetrated. I, I, I'm smarter than that, but like, because I should have known that uh, I was going to get bumped off. Agile! Mobile! Hostile! That's Taven Bryan mic'd up in the game Thursday night in Baltimore. Jaguars defensive lineman. The full mic'd up available on Jaguars.com. Jaguars social media as we speak. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. Presented by Jet Home Loans, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Pete Prisco. No Tony Vaselli this week. He'll be back, we think, next week. Uh, Taven Bryan gets us started on this defensive discussion here. Everybody's kind of on Taven these days, at least online, socially. Pete, I know you see some of that online everywhere. It's kind of everybody's kind of, you know, Taven Bryan's a first-round pick. Why isn't he playing like a first-round pick? Is the argument? Is he? Is he? How is he playing? in this preseason and in this camp. Logs, we'll start with you. Me what first? Have, yeah, what have you seen from Taven Bryant? Well, let me say this. Uh, he he didn't pick himself in the first round. So uh, I think do you consider that, though, when you evaluate the player? I mean, yeah, you do that somewhat because it's just natural and okay. the team picked him. So it's more you evaluate the team's picking Taven Bryant as a first-round pick. How's he doing? Does he look and play like a first-round pick so far? There are moments that Taven Bryant has – to where he is a physical dominant presence, and he looks like a first-round pick. Just like in the game, he pushed the pocket a couple different times, and he actually looked pretty good. I think then, he graded pretty well with the coaching staff, yeah. And then there are other times when he pushed the pocket and the quarterback literally steps up right past him, and then Taven didn't see it, and so the awareness was not there, but that's something that you expect a first-round caliber talent to be able to come off and make the play. And so, so it's kind of a mixed bag. But I, I will say this. He's gotten better. 
And I think part of the reason that he's gotten better is that the coaches at the beginning of camp and last year, they were alternating him. Because remember last year they had him at strong, the strong end position, which was backing up Calais Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, they learned last year that he was better as a three technique, just getting off the ball, which he does have a very good get off. And then in training camp, they started him out kind of the same pattern. They had him at a strong side end and then a three technique. And then now, though, they have been keeping him at just the three technique, and I think that has helped him. But he still has a ways to go. And at Florida, it was very similar. He was very close to making a lot of plays. Uh, but the situational awareness or the football awareness needs to be increased. And now, is that a, a learning thing to where you're thinking about alignment, assignment, responsibility, and then once you get all those things taken care of, Pete, then everything else falls into place? I don't know the answer to that, but only time will tell. You know, I'll be honest with you. I was working that night, and but you know, being on Twitter and seeing all the tweets coming out about him, uh, and beating him up, and then you know, thinking I, I thought, okay, this kid was on his back a lot. He was getting dominated, and then I went back and rewatched the game, and I didn't think it was nearly as bad as it was portrayed. He had he had I mean, two bad you, plays, you, Pete. He had two bad right? plays. And you make a good point, Jeff. He did push the pocket a couple of times. Now he's just got to learn how to disengage and make the play. But I, I expected to see from just judging from the tweets that I saw, I expected him to spend the after the evening on his back, and that wasn't the case. No, no, it, it wasn't like that. But the one thing he's got to learn, for some reason, when he tries to disengage off of that power position, a lot of times he he gets weak. So, in other words, when you, when you are throwing an offensive lineman, you have to be violent. And it has to be a violent physical move to disengage. It can't be I'm letting go and then trying to fall off or slough off. Because they will. Because they re-engage you. Right? They there re-engage you, you and they, they, don't let, they don't let go. That's why offensive yeah. linemen are taught to hold. Yeah. <laughs> I, w- I will say that there were two plays in the game that were not good. And they were short yardage plays. And in both instances, he was knocked off the ball a couple yards each. And so that was not good. I mean, because if you're going to be big, strong, physical, uh, short yardage, you need to be the same thing. But, but it, you would agree with me, not nearly as bad as the portrayal. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, some good things, some bad things. It's the preseason. And, uh, and hopefully he continues to get better because he's going to get a lot of, a lot of rotational play time. You know, he's going to be not going to be a starter, but he's going to be a guy that gets a ton of reps, right? I mean – Let's see. Yeah, it has to. He has to. Josh Allen made his Jaguars debut. First snap, had a tackle for loss in the game against Baltimore. Uh, how play. did he look on the first uh, in his first Jaguars action? I thought he looked good, and I, and I was happy that uh, you know he got to see the ones. Uh, he got to see uh, uh, what's his, the left tackle from Notre Dame. Stanley. Or, yes, Stanley. Ronnie Stanley. Stanley. Yep. And then he also got to see uh, the starting right tackle that played a significant amount of playing time, which was uh, the uh, Orlando Brown Jr., right? And that, yes. the, the right tackle from Oklahoma. Yes. And, and I think they played him a ton in that ball game because he came to camp and he was out of shape. But, to me, two, two excellent tackles to face for Josh Allen. Uh, the very first play of the game, I thought it was a very nice play. Was it a dominant play? I wouldn't say a dominant play, but a nice way to start. Uh, look, it's going to take some time for him to get comfortable putting his hand on the ground. A lot of times when he tries to line up on a tight end in a three-point stance, that is something new for him, and it is very difficult to learn to do that. But I thought the rushes, he started to show signs, 
in the week of practice against the Ravens and then also in the game that he was starting to work the edges of the offensive linemen, which a lot of times is when you're a young pass rusher, you try to take an offensive lineman down the middle and you overpower them, and that doesn't work in the National Football League because the offensive tackles are too strong and too athletic. And so he's starting to work the edges, and that's a good sign. And he's starting to show his speed and his get-off. And he's kind of unique, and he's fun to watch from, from my standpoint because he plays the game from a three-point, and he also has the ability to do it from a two-point because he does have a very good get-off. Most people want to get into a track stance, a three-point stance, to be able to rush the passer, but he has a good enough get-off and anticipation that he can actually do it in a two-point. So a lot of people at times, Pete, may see him in a game and go, oh, he's playing linebacker now. He's in a two-point stance. Well, no, he's just playing defensive end from a two-point stance. Which you can do. And look, the old 3-4-4-3 three, four, four, three stuff, that's out the window and you're nickel 75% of the time anyway. So, you know, all these teams – like the Carolina Panthers, we're switching to a 3-4. Yeah, you are, but you're not going to have seven guys on your front anymore. It's just not the way you play. So this kid's versatility to me is, is what's important to this defense. When they go to nickel, ideal scenario in nickel in the regular season, it will be Calais Campbell and Darius inside with him at left end and Ngagwe at right end? Isn't that that's the right. way you see it? Sounds yeah, right. that, that's right. And then you'll have uh, – you'll have – McCray as the sub, he'll be the uh, the next guy up on the outside edges, and then Taven Bryan will be the next guy up in the middle two tackle positions for that nickel, what we call sub situation. Pretty good group, right? That, I mean, that's a, when you come to the line of scrimmage and see that four, that's Pretty a good, good pass rushing four. Pretty good, I, I, Pete. I said this before that I I expect Josh Allen to break the Jaguars' rookie sack record, which is currently held by Ngakwe. I, I think he has that kind of ability and, uh, and that kind of tenacity, and, uh, and I expect him to be able to do that, and I, and I think he will. I think he's that good. So if, if he breaks the rookie sack record, Ngakwe gets what? Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> 10 or 11. I mean, if Calais gets 12, and Darius gets six. Now you're talking about a, a defensive line that gets you near forty. Yeah, it's pretty good. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I think you got to pay yeah. some of these guys well, at some point too. Well, Pete, I mean, right? let's I mean, let's hope yeah. let's hope JP Pete that uh, they can get those numbers that Pete's talking about. That would be they get those numbers. Wonderful. That defense is going to be downright nasty. I thought you were going to like jump ahead. What do they do after that happens? Right. For they, next year, do they pay Jan? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, you, you can't worry about that now. But if you get forty out of them this year. I tell you what, they'll uh, do cartwheels over that. Oh, buddy, that would that would be amazing. And look, I, I I will tell you this, Pete. Doug Marone's talked about it a couple different times, and he's talked about the pass rush ability of Marcel Darius, and he wants to see more. A couple years ago, when we watched Marcel Darius with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, man, he he was tough. Uh, he was he was a dominant pass rusher himself, and I want to see more of what Doug is asking for from a pass rusher standpoint, to see him finish his pass rush. A lot of times Marcel has a tendency to kind of quit on his pass rush. He's got the ability to finish, and I want to see him finish. Because if he finishes with power and he gets a good get-off, JP yeah. at Alabama, oh, he was big, strong man at, the, you know, at Buffalo, it was the same thing. He looks like a man among boys when he gets it cranked he up. He seems uh, – is he – Slimmer than he was last year. Seems like he's trimmed a little yeah, bit. He's he still a good. big guy. You he know looks, what I mean? Yeah, he looks good. But I mean, he looks like he's in shape. Yeah, uh, he looks like he's ready to go. The watching him in practice, his stuff against the run, he's still just so strong. I mean, he's 
mean, he can have a double team, and it's, and it's like he's, he holds the double team off, you know, with one hand, and then he's sipping a Coke and reading a newspaper with the other one. I mean, he's, he's got that kind of strength. I mean, just very uncanny. I mean, well, it's also, it's also a money year for him. True. I mean, well, you he know, got, basically, he, he's got a one year deal because they got the $10 million roster bonus that they'd have to pay him next year. So this is a money year for him. So I think, you know, every sack you get, when you're an interior rush guy, the money goes up. So I, I think from you know, that standpoint, he should be good rushing the passer this year. You bring up a great point because if it's a money year, when you say every sack means something, every sack could mean a million in future earnings yeah, sure. for Marcel Correct. Darius, if you think about it. Yeah. yeah, And this is a guy who's already had an unbelievable amount of money coming his way in his career. Oh, I mean, guys, it's the first-round pick before the new CBA, right? That's why he drives a Brinks truck for fun. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and he had a, the free agent deal. I mean, the guy, that's he's got an unbelievable uh, amount good, of money. Good for his, him. It, by, by the time – He's made $79 million through the first uh, eight seasons. Really? 79. I, I hope he saved some money. I'm sure he did. I hope he has. <laughs> if not, he's going to spend that money more. unless you're Adrian Peterson. Well, here's the thing. Uh, how did AP, Adrian Peterson, spend all that money, Pete? Yeah, and Adrian and Peterson made a lot more. Minnesota, um, he, gave it all, he never said no to anybody in okay. the family. Here's the thing. So when you ask the question, it's hard not to save money when you make that kind of money. Right. There's a perfect example. It can happen. Yeah, you're right. It can happen. Uh, let's come back. Uh, we'll uh, get into the running back room. Leonard Fournette is playing running back for the Jaguars. Log. Is that right? Yes. We'll uh, discuss uh, his he? evening. He didn't play in the game last week, but he had a little bit to do on the sidelines. Also, coming up at Daly's Place, Brad Paisley, August 16th. This is not Brad Paisley. Bush and Live, August 18th. That's not them either. Pentatonics, August 24th. And then Peter Frampton, September 4th. This is Peter Frampton. I saw him live in New York City at the Hard Rock Cafe, and it blew me away. What year was this? 92? 93? Somewhere in that range? One of, one of the most beautiful voices you will ever hear. You can hear him in person. Daly's Place coming up September 4th. Tickets at dailiesplace.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans on the Jaguars Digital Network. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. Hi, this is Tony Baselli. It's no secret that I love the sandwiches at Daly's Dash, but there's one sandwich that stands above the rest of them and it keeps me coming back over and over again. It's called the Boss. They pile that bad boy with lots of roast beef, Munster cheese, roasted mushrooms, caramelized onions, and of course, some dash sauce. Which as much as I travel during football season, this sandwich is one more thing that makes me eager to get back to Jacksonville. I could eat the Boss every day. Daly's, a local Jacksonville company. It's nicer here. 
Okay, so we're here to see who's going to go for the win. First off, Molly took it to the next level with the chairs and the coolers. Here comes Emma, bringing it with those killer boots and that portable grill. Oh my, I think she's going for it. Um, Mom, I think the hot dogs are on fire. Hold on, honey. Ladies, where did you go to get ready for the game? Steinmark. Visit any one of our six locations in Jacksonville for all your tailgating needs as we proudly support the Jaguars this season. Steinmart. Saving is a beautiful thing. Proven IT implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit ProvenIT.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace productivity. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com slash Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. I really like the practice that we had yesterday. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because, you know, you're going to be challenged as a, as a player. You know, you're going to go out there and the conditions, you know, after a while, the conditions started off pretty good yesterday. And then you guys were out there and all of a sudden, you know, it, you, here comes the heat. Here comes those things that we have to play in. And, you know, you look around and, you know, hey, there might be a, a poorly thrown ball. There might be you know, just a, a, a miss over here, or there may be drops, you know, and those things are going to occur. Those things are going to happen, and you have to learn how to fight through them. That's head coach Doug Marone today discussing yesterday's practice. Wasn't the smoothest offensive day, let's say that. Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Jet Home Loans. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Pete Prisco down in South Florida with us. Mm-hmm. Tony Baselli is in England, we're told. Uh, eating crumpets and drinking tea, <laughs> I'm sure. He's eating and drinking pretty good. Something we, know, we, we do know that. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, that was an interesting conversation with Doug today about uh, yesterday's practice, and it seemed a little smoother offensively today. So you, you they learned it seemed from that. That, that was the idea of uh, Ye- yesterday, Doug there. Yesterday's practice was brutally hot. Yes. And what Doug was talking about there was, you know, the conditions were ripe for where you can have a learning experience because – it was exceptionally hot. It was difficult to, to focus, and it was a very long practice. I mean, heck, I got tired just watching it. Uh, but, but I mean, look, that's the environment that the Jaguars are going to play in, and that's – I always had kind of a, a little bit of a mental test with myself with the heat. 
because when you were a Jacksonville Jaguar in the early days, you relished the opportunity to show an opponent that you were more mentally tough than they were when it came to the heat. It's a real thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was a real deal. I mean, we, we took pride in the fact that we were mentally tougher than anybody in the heat. And, and I think in the early years, it showed. I mean, it was one of the few things we could hang our hat on. <laughs> in the early days, Pete, as you knew from looking at that roster that we had. But, uh, you know, it, it, let, me, let me reemphasize again because in the Jaguars' practice yesterday that they had in this heat, the starters once again got a ton of reps in practice. And, again, this is all part of this philosophy, and that's why – I don't know how much or if the starters will play in preseason game number two just because of the sheer number of snaps that I'm seeing them take in practice yesterday and in practice today. It is mentally tough for them uh, as in modern-day standards and good for them. So we'll see what happens on Thursday, though. You know, it's funny. I was in uh, Green Bay the other day, and it was like, 85 and they were complaining about the heat and I said you guys have no idea zero you have no idea what you're talking about when it comes to the heat um because that was you know it was hot but not like the south you know how the south is yeah that's a lot different you know and I think it it begs the other question look if you're the the Jaguars and Doug Marone's got this new philosophy that is we're going to rest our players in the preseason play them sparingly, and then get ready for the regular season. What's the business side of the Jaguars think about that? To where, you know, you had a performance like you did last week in in Baltimore, Mm -hmm. and a lot of your stars didn't play, and a a lot of that reason is because of that. Mm -hmm. And so if you come out again this week and you don't play starters again, what is that doing – for the telephones that are sitting in the ticketing office? What is that doing for sponsorship and the opportunities that the Jaguars have available? Right. Right. I mean, that that's, I, I agree with you uh, 100%. I, I'd be really concerned about that if I were, uh, I were the team and the marketing people, because you want to see guys want to pay. Nobody wants to pay that money to go see nobody play. I get the, just reading through the lines. I don't know this for a fact, but reading through the lines, didn't you get the impression that Foles might not play? I mean, just listening to him. Well, I get. The, I got that vibe. I, I get. The, well, just seeing the snaps, it, it gives me the impression that there's going to be a lot of guys this week uh, that may not play. But I mean, maybe he's got the next couple of days to rest him and get it ready for a game. But I, I, I don't know, Pete. But I mean, I'm, I'm I'm not just talking about the telephones and the ticketing office when it comes to preseason games. I'm talking about the the ticket office number when it comes to the regular season. You know, if if this were an established franchise that has had established winning, you know, doing something as drastic, uh, or not want to say drastic, because I don't want to call it drastic, but doing something different in the preseason like they've done, it would be no big deal because the expectation is, well, this team wins. Well, this team over the last couple of years has been up and down, so well, where are they at from that standpoint? You know, right. so. Yeah, uh, and and. and- how are the ticket sales? I, I had heard they were just I don't know. middling at best. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting Which, stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, mean that's, that, that, last that, year was a a big rush to sell tickets because they had the the you know the enthusiasm from the year before. But um, so you're right. It, it matters, Jeff. It matters for 
other games, not just the preseason. That's right. But in the on the football decision side of things, if it's a strictly football decision, that's their decision to not put guys out and get them ready for opening day. Well, and you and Pete, you know, you, where does that cross the line? You know, you can't you can't have business telling the football side no. of things what to do because you have to do it from the football side of things right. to make the best decision for your football team. And right. at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is when the wins start to count. I'll give give you a perfect example. Pete, when was the last time or the only time that the Jaguars had an undefeated preseason? Do you remember? Have they had one? Huh? Have they even had one? No, I don't, I would say no. Okay. <laughs> See, that's my point. Nobody nobody cares. Nobody cares about the preseason. So is it going to care? Does it matter what they do now? They had undefeated preseason when they, went under, when they didn't win a game. By the way, the Jaguars, we were undefeated in 1997. Oh, well, okay. You were trying to sneak that in there, weren't you? I got it in uh, there. We'll come back. Second hour, your Twitter questions coming up. Tweet us on the Twitter machine. Uh, we'll get to those questions a little bit later. Uh, we'll, to this end, we're talking about Nick Foles may or may not play. We'll discuss the backup quarterbacks. Their play last week and what to expect this week when they get in there. Hour two of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans coming up on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. A smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Hi folks, Frank Franzi here for the best barbecue in town. That is Bono's. Head to Bono's today. 15 locations on the First Coast and six more at TIAA Bank Field. You see, Bono's is the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. You want great barbecue, you want Bono's. Plenty of parking, clean family restaurants, and oh, by the way, the best barbecue you have ever had. So if you want great barbecue, head to Bono's today. The official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. 
To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32 ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents while supplies last. Gate, serving up more. For tile, wood, and stone, come to the Nationwide Low Price Leader, Floor & Decor. The prices are the lowest you will find. Not only did we find lots of options, but we were like, oh my gosh, it's so affordable. It's affordable no matter what your budget. I saved a lot of money at Floor & Decor. We came in under budget. Way under uh, budget. It's way under budget. It's really the best pricing. You're getting an incredible product for an amazing price. Why wouldn't you want to save money and make your house look great? I love to save money. Who doesn't like to save money? <laughs> Floor & Decor, two Jacksonville area locations. Or visit FloorAndDecor.com. Welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour, the second hour of the program. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman is in for Tony Baselli tonight, and we're glad and better for it. And Pete Prisco is down in South Florida, and we're always better for that, too. Uh, welcome into hour number two. Glad you're with us. Your Twitter question's coming up. You can tweet us at J.P. Shadrick, at Logs56. Speaking of, sp speaking of Twitter. At PriscoCBS, yes. Are we going to talk about that Twitter thing? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of. Crazy. The video? Yeah. What yeah. Was let's get that? into it, right? Was, so, was that, what were they? Why were they att attacking the chair? Was that <laughs> that's a great question? So, there's a video. It was apparently, I think, on CJ Revis's Instagram, and then it was taken from there by some fans, I think, on Twitter and put on Twitter of some players dancing. It looked like in the locker room and attacking a chair, like, and then jump. Some were jumping on a chair and. Um, wasn't a good look. But, right, but, but who was it supposed to be? Who? The, the chair? Yeah, somebody said that they... they well, somebody like did, but they looked... That's why uh, they jumped on the chair. Somebody that used it on Twitter said yeah. that the chair was Coughlin. Yeah. But that's somebody's opinion. So it's not yeah. like a player put I mean, that out there. Okay. But, what, but why would you attack a chair in the locker room and, and dance around? I, don't, I didn't I, get it. I, I have no idea, Pete. Um... But it wasn't, it wasn't a good look. And then in the background, you see Cam Robinson standing up on like a chair or a sofa. And you're going, wait a minute. Isn't he on PUP not able to practice, but he's like standing up on a couch in a, in a video? Not a good look. I mean, I'm sure that I, I can tell you this. If, if he were a teammate of mine, you'd kind of look at that and go, wait a minute now. Uh, if you can't practice, you shouldn't be standing on a chair. You know, in the locker room. I mean, that that's a, a weird thing to happen in a locker room. Next thing you know, they're going to put an axe in there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, but the good news the good news from the video is I don't know if the video had anything to do with Cam Robinson practicing today, but he practiced today. So who knows? I mean, Miracles you know, somebody days. on the team, somebody in their coaching staff saw that and said, "Hey, Cam." You can do that, but you can't practice. <laughs> if you were if you were Cam's friend on the team, wouldn't you go, "Hey, Cam, uh, you know the video, and and you're not practicing. Hey, man, uh, you got to practice, or you don't stand on the couch or the chair, right? Right. I mean, if if I'm 
whoever put that was it Revis the safety put it out right if I'm I'm, I'm a teammate on that I'm, what are you doing well let Pete let me let me bring this up because I yeah. think you bring up a great point because well, me and, was all over this today. me and JP talked about this and that in my opinion that should be a finable offense and I'm talking about from the team level but as a player I would want if I'm a player in the locker room I would want CJ Reese to get fined because I don't want somebody tweeting out or Instagramming out video out of a locker room because what happens if something's in the background and the player doesn't pay attention to it, but yet he tweets it out, he puts it on Instagram or whatever, and it puts a, a teammate in a bad light or, or, or some form or fashion uh, that teammate gets called out for something that he didn't even know was out there. I mean, to me, that's dangerous because, a, you know. In a closed locker room time, yes. Well, because the players, look, the players always believe, and, and as a player, I always believe this. Look, the locker room is our place, okay? When it's open to the media, it's open to the media. 45 yes. minutes. And we have to talk to Pete, and we have yeah. to talk to John Osher. I get that. But when it's not open, that's a place of comfort and privacy, not for somebody in the locker room to be putting out videos, I can tell you that. What do you make of that, Pete? Well, we'll get back to we Pete. We've Pete. lost Pete. Yeah. Well, you're very strong about that. It's a, it's I'm a, player, JP, I mean, it's, 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 you can't. It makes sense. You can't be putting out video from our house. If I'm a guy in that locker room, uh, uh, Clay's Campbell or, or a Nick Foles or somebody, you go to C.J. Reeves and say, hey, look, this is our locker room. And you don't have a right to put anything out about our locker room unless you get our permission. And our means all 90 guys right now. Yeah. And once it gets to the regular I, season, I, our I'm means 53. I'm with you, Jeff. I, I thought that crossed the line. Um, and, and if I were a player in that locker room, I would not be happy with that right now. No, absolutely not. That's something that needs to be policed in the locker room, by the way. Correct. I mean, and, and, and that needs to be reinforced by a fine. In my opinion, sure. Well, fine by the team, but the players should be angry with them too. Absolutely. And, and if that happened when you were playing, you were a, a union rep, you would have gone over to the guy and said, hey, dude, we can't have this. In a minute. Yeah. In a minute. We go from this topic to a, a Jaguars running back, Leonard Fournette, who's had his past things around here. But so far this offseason, he's been a good citizen in Jaguar world, it seems like. Uh, he's been good. In well, the he didn't go rooms. to all the OTAs. So I wouldn't say a, a great citizen. I know you said good. Right. That, that's probably fine. He's accurate. done yeah. some interviews. He's done some good things, you know, it seems like. Um, he's He seems to be involved on the sideline the other night. He had the headset on during the game, which that was the first Jaguars game since the last game of the season last year when he's on the sideline on the bench. So I made might actually know the plays this year. Well, but Pete, I, I made a comment during the game broadcast. When uh, it was pointed out by our sideline guy, Rick Ballou, that Leonard Fournette is engaged on the sideline. He's wearing a headset. He's talking to his teammates that are playing and, uh, and the coach. And I'm going, wow, think about the last time that we saw Leonard Fournette on the sideline. And he was not dressed and sitting on the bench with a dressed T.J. Yeldon. And... The, the body language said I could care less about being here. I could care less about my football team, and let's just go home. So, I mean, boy, I mean, you talk about two completely different looks for Leonard Fournette. So, but what we saw 
in Baltimore. I mean, you got to look at it as a positive, correct? I mean, no other way yes, you could look at absolutely. it. Absolutely. I think this is a great step, you know? Oh, is I it, do too. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think aside, I'm with you, Jeff. He should have been there for all the OTAs. But, I, you know, you don't know what's going on in the guy's personal life. Some stuff might happen, flag, you know. But so maybe miss a couple. But he should have been there. After everything he went through last year and they had a talk with him, he probably should have been there. But I think everything he's shown so far this summer is been a good. step in the right direction. Been good. And maybe he needed the time off from the OTAs to get rid of the bad people, which he talked about in an article that was just put out about how he got rid of the bad people in his life. And uh, But everything that I have seen out of him so far in training camp, Pete, as far as uh, availability, um, uh, effort during practice, effort. When, I'm, when I say effort during practice, I'm talking when the whistle blows and then when the whistle blows again. Or so when the ball snapped and the whistle blows, he's been outstanding. I mean, there are certain times I'd like to see him run back to the huddle and all those kind of things. But, uh, look, I, I think uh, in his catching ability, uh, he's been, he's, he has been really good in camp so far. And he is a guy that I would not want to see play in the preseason whatsoever because no. I'm seeing the other running backs, Pete, and I don't see anything close to Leonard Fournette right now. No, I wouldn't play him at all in the preseason. None. You know, and if I have a lead runner, I'm not playing him in the preseason, no matter where you are. I'm just not. I don't. I don't think it's worth it. Um, he doesn't need that. I wouldn't play him at all. And just find out what you have behind them. That's what you use a preseason for. Figure out if any of those guys can be the number two back. Look, the rookie ran hard a couple of times the other day. He looked. He did some nice things. Raquel Armstead, yes. Yes. Yeah, he ended up in the concussion protocol, Pete, and uh, during the game watching the film, he took a shot. He literally. I mean, very, very physical style of running, by the way, which was impressive. And he, he's going through the line of scrimmage, and this was the last play that I saw that he had on film. And he gets kind of wrapped up from the side behind. And then here comes the safety, and I want to say his number was 23. And he was the guy that was um, a, little, a little bit of a, a jerk in practice because he was hitting guys when they didn't really need to be hit. Well, it's game time, so you can hit. Okay, it's okay. 23 comes in, and the the crown of his helmet hits Raquel Armstead literally right in the chin. And you could, But there was nowhere for Armstead's body to go because he had a defender draped on his back. And so you just saw the whole head just shake. And you went, that was a knockout punch right there. And, and I didn't see what happened after that because it's film and then the play ends. When the play is over, you don't get to see him walk off the field or anything, and I didn't notice it during the game. So, uh, but he took a shot now. He took a, he took a really good shot. Who, who, you said it was from Tony Jefferson that did that? Yeah, I think that's who it was. It was, it was 23. Yeah. Did I, did I, 23. Tony 23, Jefferson. that's Tony Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, that's him. He's a veteran. Oh, but he stroked him now. <laughs> I mean, if you're, if you're, a teammate of Tony Jefferson, you're high-fiving him when he's coming off the field on that one now. Yeah. He's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's a good a, player. He's, he's uh, uh, He likes to talk a lot. Yeah, that's field. Tony Jefferson. Yeah. Little chippy. Little yeah. chippy. Yeah, yeah, chippy. So you mentioned the rest of the running backs here. Alfred Blue. Thomas Rawls is back in the practice field. Devontae Mays is out there, second-year player from Utah State. Mm-hmm. What do you like about those guys? You, you said they don't, they don't stand up to Leonard no, Fournette's no. standard. Look, look, look Armstead, I, I like him because he's got a physical style of running the football, and uh, he's very efficient with his feet. He gets north and south. 
I don't like his catching ability. Now, in camp so far, he when he's been out there, and obviously he's not practicing right now, but when he's been out there, he's shown the ability to catch the ball. Mm-hmm. But he's had like two drops was all, which is kind of surprising because when you turned on his college tape, it wasn't very good. I'm, I'm talking about just his catching ability. So I, I hope that this is something that he can just get better at and improve at. But, I mean, once you get past him, uh, Alfred Blue is kind of a kind – of uh, I don't want to say slow, but he's kind of a long strider, so he kind of gives you the yeah, – gives you, He gives you the impression that he's slow, but he's not. He's yeah. a glider. He's not, he's not sudden, but he's a big body. Uh, I think he's an okay backup, and he's a guy that you can trust because uh, he's, he's put some time in with the Houston Texans. Uh, but besides those three guys, I mean, okay. I mean, Thomas Rawls. Got a pep in his step, a great special teams effort guy. Uh, coming back from what appeared to be an injured hamstring, I remember watching him when he when he appeared to pull his hamstring. So far, he's looked good since he's been back. Uh, but but I mean, okay, I mean uh, they might they might address that position after the cuts. Maybe. Yeah, they might they might address that when you look at the cuts that are coming. You know, the, some of these teams have these young backs that they found and you might find the guy off the cuts that it could end up being uh, on that roster. Yeah, you could. I I think you're, you're not going to be, I think you're going to be like a three running back roster. I don't see them keeping more than three. Um, well, you would keep, well, you figure they're going to keep Fournette and Armstead for sure. So Fournette, Armstead, Alfred blue. That's my expectation. Right. But if you found somebody other than blue, you might get rid of blue and bring that guy in. Well, and, and if, if you keep another guy, it's got to be somebody that's going to be really good on special teams. Right. And right now, the guy that seems to be the committed the most to special teams is Thomas Rawls. I mean, he mm-hmm. gets it. I mean, you know, usually the guys that are in the league for a little while that are bubble-type positional players, they've figured it out. But Rawls is in his fourth year. He's been through this oh, He's before. figured it out. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, look, here's the reality. All these guys come from college and were stars wherever they were at, right? I mean, to some extent. I mean, to to some extent. I mean, different levels of stars, obviously. But when you come into the National Football League, if you're not the first or the second team on the depth chart, guess what? Your your status on the roster is determined by whether or not you can play special teams. So you get to the third or fourth running back, JP. Mm -hmm. Can you play special teams? That's the first question. As a safety, the third safety has got to be a quality starter if he has to take over for injury but the fourth and and maybe fifth safety if you keep five guess what can he play special teams linebacker linebacker same thing receivers the same thing are you going to keep five and six well five and six better be able to play special teams and i think that's one of the things that is could possibly end up hurting uh the guy that i was so excited about pete tyree brady i mean because in the ball game tyree brady didn't show a willingness to play special teams. This but is number 19, the wide receiver, yes. Rookie for Marshall. Mm-hmm. But Trey McBride? 88. Ready to go on yes. special teams now. Fourth-year player from William & Mary. Well, uh, yes. When you he watched, gets it. He's when you watched it him on special teams, Trey McBride was ready to go now on special teams. So uh, you talk about you know the, the excitement of where you put guys kind of in the pecking order, at least how I do in my mind. Well, that changes once you get to see live special teams. And guys start now. You got to re-rank them. Mm-hmm. Now, and Trey McBride right now has has gone up a couple notches. Pete, ready to cut the team tonight? I think Logs is ready. I'm always ready to cut the team. No, he won't. Uh, you know, it's funny because I stand at practices, JP, for yeah. every team, and I watch these guys 
there are 20 of them right now who know they are not making the team. They know they have no shot. No, they don't know. They know. No, they don't know. Jeff. No, they don't know, Pete. They really don't. I mean, there's a couple guys that know that they're not making this team, but the majority of the guys that are here that are not going to make the team think that they should make a team. Because if you didn't have that belief, would you be here? But you know you're there, and once (laughs) you get there, you realize you don't belong there. Well, Pete, that's – boy, you're assuming that there's a lot of uh, ability to self-evaluate there. Come on, Pete. Pete, come on. When you were 21, 22, 23 years old, 24 years old, were you realistic about what you were? No, but if I looked around and saw that I couldn't compete with these guys – Pete, you're not realistic about what you are right now. Huh? <laughs> You're not realistic about what you are right now. No, I mean I'm stubborn, but I no, I would I admitted it? No, hell no. <laughs> Let's come back. Uh, we'll get into the quarterback room when we return. The Jags have launched a new mobile app and secured digital ticketing. The all-new official Jacksonville Jaguars app features exclusive content, live game streaming, enhanced game day alerts, and much more. Look for secure digital ticketing. That means screenshots of tickets are no longer allowed. That starts this Thursday night. Download or update the official Jaguars app on Apple and Android devices. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80-proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. This Jaguar season, how would you like an all-inclusive air-conditioned suite for your tailgate? Mike Dempsey here for Party Shack. It's a turnkey setup that means no prep on your end. You can host clients, staff, and friends to catered food sponsored by Publix with a full bar, top deck roof lounge, and best of all, air-conditioned comfort with two TVs in each suite. So take your whole office or group of friends to the the top-of-the-line Jaguars tailgate experience. Book your company's Party Shack suite right now at jacksvillage.com. jacksvillage.com. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars' 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. Hurry into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event and get 20% estimated savings on select Ford SUVs. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. 
Proven IT implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit ProvenIT.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace productivity. Jags fans, fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're back, Jaguars. Happy hour, second hour of the program. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman in Jacksonville, Pete Briscoe down in South Florida. The Jags-Eagles game coming up Thursday, presented by Pet Paradise. Before we go any further, we have to say a very special happy birthday to Joe Fortunato, our manager of radio. Mm-hmm. How old are you, Joe, today? 80 years old. It's a miracle. Nah. 61, and he wears it well. Sexy as ever. Wow, okay, that's a little far, but that's okay, whatever. You... Oh, he's my guy, man. Come he's on. our guy, man. He's a great He's he's uh, a great guy. Yes. One of my boys, man. Yeah. How, how many years have we been working together, Joe? Long time. Long time, he We says. hope we work together for quite a, a bit more a, time. A long time. That's uh, right. So, <laughs> Joe <laughs> Fortunato. We may get cut. 61 <laughs> years young today, and he, he's responsible for all the sounds that you hear. Everything that you hear, is uh, it's through something he's pushed or pulled up on the board or whatever it is. That's, that's Joe Fortunato, That's right. man. He makes it happen. That is right. So happy birthday, Joe. He, he, makes, he, he makes me look good in all the, the recorded stuff. Sound good, not look good. Well, it's radio. Same thing. No, not Look, it's, sound. It's liter- literally not the same thing. Okay. It is different. And the reason I say that is he is a masterful editor. And of I, sound. I, I need yes. editing. Oh, do you? Every once in a while. I'm not like you, JP. I'm not <laughs> no, like a no, I'm no, not no. one take one take pony. <laughs> I'm not I'm or one trick pony. Far right? from it. I'm okay. far from that as well. Pete, Pete knows all about that. Yeah, Pete's one oh, take. Yeah. Pete. He, can, he can make you look good on radio, sound good on radio. He's not making you look good on TV, though, Logs. Uh, high definition, Pete. Eey. What are you trying to say, Pete? Uh, you got a face for radio. <laughs> Is that, well, hey, I'll take it. Right. Hey, look, I'm still on TV, right? Yeah, right now, and you're on TV a lot these you know, days. The best part about, what, on Thursday about now, TV huh? now is that uh, right, J- JP does all my, my pre-television makeup. No, that is not accurate. Because JP is no. so talented at makeup. Yeah. I, J, I sit down in front of JP, and he does my makeup for TV. Yeah, now. that's inaccurate, but I do need a lot myself. I mean, No, you do a me. great job with my no, makeup. That's great. Uh, you need to fix that gray hair in your beard. I know <laughs> no. that for a fact. Turned um, it. Turned it. So man. happy birthday, Joe. That started our conversation here. Petey's 61. You believe that? No, he, Joe looks good for 61. I'm going to give him a lot of credit for that. 
Yeah, he's like lost some weight lately, you know. He's, he's, well, he's good for 61. I like it. I like it. Up. Yeah. Joe, right. you're going to have about 30 more years because you know how us Italian guys, we live forever. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's move to the quarterback room. We've heard from Nick Foles earlier in the program here, and you get the feeling that he might not play Thursday night. Um, the other night, it was Gardner Minshew threw for, what, 43 yards in the game. Tanner Lee, the first drive was sacked twice and then threw a pick six. <laughs> and Alex Magoo came in. And wasn't so good, JP. Wasn't as good. Wasn't great either. He threw an interception as well. Um, they're going to get reps, obviously, Pete. You know, where is this? I mean, Minshew's their guy, I think, right now as a backup, it feels like. Well, I mean, you can't evaluate him off of that thing no, the other night. No. I mean, my gosh. they played. He played the first team defense. He had a bad offensive line in front of him. But his arm didn't look very good the other night. Now, you know, from watching him in practice when I was there and then hearing things about him, that was – yeah, he does have a great arm, but that was worse than normal, I thought. And and so that's a concern, but it's too hard to evaluate him based on what we saw last last Thursday. No way. Well, and he's a rookie, and it's the first ac- action that he's ever had in a preseason game. So, uh, I mean, look, uh, you evaluate where the, the Broncos were at with Drew Locke in his first preseason game, and they came away out of that game totally underimpressed. And so – um, look, you give Minshew a pass. It's the first game ever. But you also evaluate certain things within that performance. You don't evaluate the overall and come to a final conclusion. Some of the things you evaluate. He got hit in the mouth after he dropped the ball and then picked it up and got stroked. I mean, stroked. Yep. He comes back a couple plays later. He's got a unblocked defender bearing down on him. He stands in there, and he delivers a nice throw. Positive. That's a positive thing. That's nice to see. Okay? So he's got a little toughness about him. You like that. The other thing you evaluate, a couple out routes. Didn't seem to have the arm strength. Now, is that arm strength or is that footwork? Well, we go back and you watch the film. You could have seen that maybe the footwork could have been a little bit better, a little bit cleaner. So is it arm or is it feet? Uh, I don't know the answer to that for sure, but if it continues to show, it doesn't matter whether it's the arm or the feet it's gonna be because the end result is not good enough. So uh, I want to see more out of them. I do know this. Me Extreme, too. And, and, and I think feet were a problem. And, and, and so when you get a little jumpy and you get pressured up the middle and you get hit a bunch, your feet kind of – you go to bad habits. And I think that's what it was. That's why I think it's so hard to evaluate him. Doesn't mean he's always going to do that. But you mentioned it, Jeff. First start, line, the whole deal. Sometimes those habits get away from you. So I want to see how he does kind of going forward. And and I'd play him more this week with the with the guys, the good players who do play. That's what I would do. Well, you did that last week. You, you continue to do it again. So – if, yeah, but who played? Nobody played. Well, I mean, if Doug Marone chooses to go the same route this week, then you're going to have a second-team offense against a number-one Philadelphia Eagles defense, which, by the way, Jim Schwartz likes to bring a lot of pressure. Correct. Hello, hello. Mm-hmm. So He's going to get after him. That's going to so. be a that, – that'll be a challenge for the backups of the Jaguars. And Gardner Minshew's got to be able to handle it. And you hope that you have – a little bit more health going into the game because you had, what was it, 18 guys that were scratched 
Or it was 18 or 16. So it was 18 because it started of the coach's out as decision, 18. and then it was like 14 others due to injury. But it ended up changing because Obwehi oh played, played, Chark played, played. So, so it, it dropped being, to 16. And there were 13, uh, so 30 16, total out. 16 and 14. That's right. Okay, so let's say you still have 16 on coach's decision, ballpark. Mm-hmm. Well, you hope that that 14 number drops a little bit. But right now, the way it's looking – with uh, with some of the, the players that are out of practice, uh, it's not it's going to be significant, but I don't know if it'll be fourteen, but it's still going to be pretty good. What right? do you think of uh, his arm, though, Jeff? I mean, like I said, Pete. I mean, the end result was that the arm, the ball didn't get there fast enough, or on target enough, or with enough velocity. Velocity. So, is that arm? Like I said, is that arm or is that feet? Well, I I have a tendency to think that it was arm strength. If a player has good footwork and an anticipation, he can be a very good quarterback in the National Football League if they have the mind to anticipate the throws. And right. the positive thing that I'm hearing, I talked talk to a couple personnel guys while we were in Baltimore, Pete. He is, Gardner Minshew, the highest scoring quarterback that they've ever seen on the intelligence test that they give at the Combine. That's a good sign. Yeah. The Wonderlick. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a smart kid, and if you watched him play at Washington State, I mean, he knew where to go with the football all the time. He's a well, and it's smart. not like it's not like he was dinking and dunking. Now, I mean, he threw right. for more yards at the FBS level per game than anybody in the nation last Correct. year. So, and, and that's and that offense is is complicated at times. Give him give him time. Let's give him another chance. Yeah. And you know, he's a young player. You know, he's. Could that have been a little camp fatigue too? I mean, two weeks into camp, throwing the ball could every be. day. Yeah, you're throwing a bunch. You know, I mean, you it know? could have been a lot of things. Could have been first game jitters. Could have been, you know, you name it. Yeah. You know, so like I said, it's it's one game. Let's let's not overreact and come to final conclusions on anything about this team or individual players until we see more. And and, and it's always unfair to the quarterback in that situation. Sure. It's hard. You can't. Re- you cannot evaluate him in that situation. But Jeff. They didn't get to midfield. They got to midfield once. Yeah, they got to the 49 of the Ravens one play and then got moved back to the 50 the next That's play. correct. That's as deep as they got. The punter had, I think, like 360 yards punting <laughs> Pete. The offense had 112 yards of total offense net, and I think they had 109 yards in penalties. you got to figure they're going to have at least one accident play where you get at least their territory, right? <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen. That was, that was a tough night, Pete. Didn't happen. Uh, let's come back. We'll uh, get some Twitter questions. They're rolling in on the Twitter tonight. All right. That's not how you say it, but I just said it that way. Rolling in on Twitter. Yeah. On I said the Twitter. Rolling in on Twitter, I think, is accurate. Yeah. I was yeah. trying to help you out. Thanks, man. Yeah. Sure. Appreciate that. Yeah. We'll get to those coming up. We'll go around the league as well, including a Dallas quarterback that wants more money. Are we going to Are we going to go to that nut job and with the Raiders? Oh, too? him too. Antonio Brown's been wow. in the news, you might have heard. Second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour rolling along on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. 
1995, Tito Beveridge set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. For 25 years, we've been cheering on our Jaguars with an unwavering loyalty and commitment. To celebrate this milestone season, swing by gate and cheers to 25 years with the Jaguars 25th anniversary collectible cup. Only at gate. Grab your 32-ounce cup today and fill it up with your favorite fountain drink for just $1.25. Then refill anytime for 99 cents. While supplies last, gate serving up more. Hurry into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event and get 20% estimated savings on select Ford SUVs. Plus, earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. Did you hear? The last two years, the Jaguars returned a punt for a touchdown, earning local families $100,000 towards a DreamFinders home. Lauren Brooks here, letting you know that could be you this season. Visit any DreamFinders homes model and register to win the Take It to the House promotion for your chance at scoring $100,000 towards your DreamFinders home. DreamFinders homes, homes built to fit your lifestyle. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. For tile, wood, and stone, come to the nationwide low-price leader, Floor & Decor. The prices are the lowest you will find. Not only did we find lots of options, but we were like, oh my gosh, it's so affordable. It's affordable no matter what your budget. I saved a lot of money at Floor & Decor. We came in under budget. Way under uh, budget. It's way under budget. It's really the best pricing. You're getting an incredible product for an amazing price. Why wouldn't you want to save money and make your house look great? I love to save money. Who doesn't like to save money? <laughs> Floor & Decor, two Jacksonville area locations. Or visit FloorAndDecor.com. We're back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony, no, Tony Baselli's out. Almost said he was here. He's not here. Pete Prisco's here, though. He's down in South Florida. Glad you're with us tonight. We've, we've gone through 75% of the show, <laughs> and you've messed that up? Yeah, you know. Come on, J.P. I'm right here beside you, brother. I'm glad you are. Thank you. I don't look like Baselli. No. Thank God. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, let's get to your Twitter questions tonight. Um we're doing it a different way this year. It used to be the Tony Vaselli Twitter questions, but well, you know we're just changing it, just because, because we can. I like that's it. why we're just like, like opening it up to everybody. So you're gonna make it the Pete Twitter questions. Now. Yeah, the Pete Prisco. There you go. Twitter questions yeah, tonight. That'll though, make Tony even happier. Though there's, 
a couple that are just to you tonight, Logs. That's okay. Uh, here's uh, the first one from at Do Good 100. Not many bright spots from the first preseason game. Thanks, Do Good. But who do you think shined the most for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Hmm. Pete, you want to start us on this one? Uh, um, boy, that's a tough. One. <laughs> that's a tough one. No, it's not tough. C.J. Revis. He he had a, okay. he had a okay. really nice game. Okay. Um, uh, yes. C.J. But, he, but Pete, he took a step back when he released a video from locker room. You know, so you, you you gained all this traction in in our eyes, and then you do something like that. So it drops yeah, you back down. Yeah, he was active. I'll give him that. That I yes, Revis. I but, I think he played well enough, Pete, to say that you know you've got two young starting safeties. Did he do enough to get in the conversation for maybe vying for a starting job? Starting like over those two. Well, I'm just saying is that you know Doug Marone made the point that he talked about because he was asked the question about if you're not playing guys, how do you determine who's going to start? And he made the comment that if somebody is playing and they play well enough to catch your eye, then you have to open up the conversation again about who the starter should be. You know, Did it's C- interesting because his was a name that was mentioned to me very early in the process as a kid that they thought had a chance to push. I don't think he's going to push for a starting job now. But if somebody struggles there midway through the season, you might be looking at him as a guy who can step in there. Anyway, it was nice to see him play well, uh, and it also gives them some some good depth. You hope that trend continues with his his level of play. And I will say that after watching him in training camp, uh, I don't know if anybody works harder than he does in special uh, special teams drills. He is committed, and he gets it. He understands that special teams are important to him. Well, okay, but if you had to make a change at one of those safeties, it isn't going to be Harrison. Well, let's right? see how they play, Pete. I mean, look, I mean, well, look, Harrison's a draft pick, and Harrison. if you, but if you're, I'm, I'm going to do what I do to Tony to you, Jeff, put you on the spot. Okay, if you're suggesting that he's pushing for time. He's got to be pushing Wilson then. Okay, I think he could push either guy. I mean, look, he, neither one of these guys has shown that they're Ed Reed. I mean, come on. Well, I mean, true, one of them gets more respect. Game together as Ronnie, Harrison, Ronnie Harrison gets more respect because he's a draft pick. Jared Wilson it probably doesn't get hardly any respect because he was an undrafted free agent rookie. But, look, he's a good football player. I mean, good enough to let Deshaun Gibson go. Right, good enough to it's let Barry nice Church go. It's a problem to have a young safety nipping yeah, at their heels. Look, I mean, I, I, I just say this. Neither one of the safeties have, have done it for a season to where they've shown that they are a stud safety. So right. if you have a young guy that's showing himself that he's a good football player, look, and, and what's wrong with having a little, a little pressure put on guys that are expected starters by the head coach saying, you know, that's C.J. Rivas, you know, he's playing pretty well. You know, maybe he's one of those guys that I talked about before that could be pushing for a starting job. What do the other who's two the, guys go? Or safety. Uh, he's a special teamer, 22. Uh, Cody Davis. Cody Davis. Veteran player, seventh year. So that, your, that's your special. And that goes to show you that that is a, is a decision made purely based on special teams. Well, he was signed here based on special teams. Th- that's right. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But, I mean, there's positions that are, that are like that more than just at safety. The fourth safety spot is going to be a, sa- a special teams consideration. The... Uh, fifth and sixth linebacking positions, if there is a six, if you got enough quality depth there, are going to be special teams determined positions. Uh, McRae, a, a third team rush end, is going to be a special teams decision. Tight end, when you get to the third tight end, 
and the fourth tight end, special teams decisions. You know, there's about five or six spots on your roster that when you start to say, oh, who are we going to keep at safety, cornerback, tight end, linebacker, uh, am I missing any positions, fullback maybe, if you have a fullback. But all those positions yeah. right there, there's decisions at, at, those, at those positions in backup roles that are special teams determined first. That's it. Hmm. So maybe five or six positions that out of your 53-man roster – are positional players, but special teams' quality level of play is what determines who's going to get those six spots. Well, we, I mean, like the corners, we can almost decide who they are right now. So the fifth, cor- if you have a fifth corner, that guy's got to be a key special teams player. Oh, absolutely. You're, you're. So who would that be, right? Because Hayden and five? Herndon are on, I would think. The at, at five, the fifth corner position. Yeah. Well, you got Jalen Ramsey, AJ Boye, Trey Herndon, DJ Hayden. There's your top four. Right, so who's five? Well, right now, uh, Quentin Meeks doing for you. Interesting. Uh, Quentin Meeks has uh, been okay, not as exciting as he was last year. He's in the conversation with Breon Borders. I don't know if anybody has better stats than Breon Borders in camp so far. That's as a far picks as in camp and touching practice. the ball and interception. So, but there, there again, that we're we're talking about defensive numbers. You have to evaluate that spot. From special teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So is Breon Borders or Quentin Meeks showing better on special teams? Good question. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, that's how you answer. answer. Yeah. That's the answer to who is going to be that next corner there to make go. the roster. There you go. Uh, let's move on to our next question from at Joey Jaguar 98. Is Cam practicing today just to settle the injury panic that was starting to set in? Doug was depressing everyone this weekend, but now they're saying Cam and Oliver may be back by week one. Seems too good to be a coincidence. All I know is that I got depressed Saturday after hearing Doug. Yeah. I mean, did, I mean, right? A little bit. I was kind of like was down, he was as down about that as anything I've ever heard him talk about the other day. Yeah, it was uh, two things. One, if you heard the tone, it was kind of depressing, and, and when you when you get that uh, after. You watch the game Thursday, and then you hear that, and you're like, oh, oh, boy. oh, 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 oh no. Right? <laughs> right. It's week two of the preseason. Oh, boy. But it, even if you read the <laughs> script and ignored the, the tone, you went. Yeah, the transcript. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, man. Oh, here we go. <laughs> right. But they did have some news today. I mean, I'm just glad that Doug bounced back. Yes, thank you for the rebound today. Um, so Cam's back out there. It, Josh Oliver had a little something on the side today, the, the tight end. That's good news. Hopefully, they're hoping he'll be back week one now. Doug Marone said that today. But Williams Williams won't be back for week. When was he, when's he supposed to be back? Quincy Williams, they're hoping week one for him as well. Can he – this is something I'm going to ask Jeff. Jeff, can he – go the entire preseason without playing and walk on the field and be a starter in week one. Can, Quincy, Quincy can Williams he? you're talking about. Yeah, can he? Yes, yeah. he can. Uh, I, if, uh, will he? Yeah, I think he will. Okay. But, but I, don't, I don't think that, that he's going to start back to practice week one and then play in the game be ready to rock. I think he'll have – Maybe two weeks of practice to get ready. I hope. I hope anyway. You know, to where he's working is fully working back. Week one, he's not starting. No, I mean he could. I mean he could. He could come back and and start week one. But I I, I would think that you would like to have a couple weeks I, with a rookie. How, how you, so how who starts there then in week one in your mind? Um, uh, Najee Good. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's so he's athletic so, now. Yeah, he is, so he is very athletic. good on opening day, probably. Yeah, Miles Jack at the mic, good at the will, and then Leon Jacobs at the strong side, Sam. So, and then at mm-hmm. some point, does Jake Ryan get back? And then, obviously, you, you that didn't hope sound that good yeah, the other day. By the way, Quincy Williams gets back. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, a Najee good. By the way, Pete, um, I'm watching him out there on the practice field, and I'm going, okay, this guy's in his eighth year. He's bouncing around, right? How many different teams has he been on? Has it only been the Colts, or has he been on other teams? Stand by. I'm trying to trying to remember. But anyway, here's a guy that was not. A priority free agent, I'll use that term, and he's kind of one of those guys that you could have, anybody could have gotten off of the, I don't want to say scrap heap, but out there on the market. He was with the Eagles, yeah. too, remember? Well, he was a Bucks draft pick Thank in you. 2012. He so was with Bucks, the Eagles, Eagles the Colts. Colts. All right, so he's been around the block. When you watch him in practice and you watch how he moves, I mean, he's, he's got great movement skills. He's athletic. You go to yourself. Why was, has he so... Why has he been so well traveled? Because I mean, he looks like he's a good football player now. I mean, good football player, athletic, strong, fast, right? I mean, that what you look for in a linebacker. I think he's a nice little find. I mean, and if he can hold down the fort for however long is needed, uh, that's a positive. Let's get one more question in uh, that came in a little late as the show started today from. Uh... At IK Triad, I guess is how you say that. Are there any position groups that are looking way better or way worse than you expected before camp started? Also, it's the second question. This is uh, there's a two question question. Okay. Uh, Also, do you? How about a two part question? Two part question to this one question. Uh, Do you have you found any hidden gems among the undrafted free agent rookie class? I'll answer the second part first. Uh, the hidden gems that I identified a couple weeks hidden ago. Hidden Jeffs, if you will. Whatever. On uh, on Happy Hour on Jaguars Thursday. Ah. Happy Hour on Thursday. Okay. Just Happy Hour on Thursday, yeah. I just want to make sure I got that right. Thursday's Happy Hour. Thursday's right? Happy Hour. That's the way to do it. Thank, Thank you. you. Give me some knucks. Gotcha. There we go. Yeah. Uh, was Charles Jones the tight end, the undrafted guy from Tulane, and then the wide receiver, Tyree Brady. And those are my two guys. Okay. Now, I still feel really good about Charles Jones, even though he's not practicing. Because for a young, undrafted player, for the team to continue to have confidence in you and to continue to gain more confidence in you, you need to be, what's the word, JP? We've heard it a million times. Available. Availability. That's right. You need to be available. Mm -hmm. Well, right now he's not. But I still believe he's pretty good. He had a good game. Uh, He was a little bit overwhelmed at the beginning part of the game against some of the defensive ends of the – Ravens got overpowered a little bit, but then he settled down and did a really good job, finished some really nice blocks. In fact, uh, almost drew a personal foul from 95 who pushed him after a play because Charles was blocking him down the field. Tyree Brady, on the other hand, Pete, I had identified him because there were times in practice that I confused Brady with uh, Chris Conley. I was like, man, that was a nice catch by Conley. And I look and I go, no, that's the that's a, that's a nine, it's a one nine, not a one eight. Similar build. Yeah, I mean, about the same size guys. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, he looked, it did some things, but then in the game, and here's the thing that doesn't help in your evaluation process for any wide receiver, and that's the performance of the offensive line and the quarterback play in the ball game, which wasn't great. Mm-hmm. But 
Tyree Brady on special teams. That's where I'm looking at, right? Because we're talking about one of those wide receivers that if he's going to find a way to make the team, he's got to do it on special teams. I was underimpressed with his level of play on special teams. So, how, about, how about a uh, position group either better or worse than you expected before camp? Started? I think all of them about what I expected. I, I think that uh, – I think the receivers are better than I expected. Mm. Uh-oh, you don't agree, Logs, huh? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say I disagree. I, I think I think I got to see more evidence to feel that way. I think uh, for a big year, I think Chark has taken some steps forward. Now he's got to do it when it counts. And I think Conley's been a nice addition. He has some drops that, every now and again, a, though. That's that the one thing. That's better than what the perception is of him, I think. And, and they're connecting on oh, some wait. deep balls. They had another couple ones today. That, JP, great, you bring up a great point, Pete, uh, because the deep balls that they are connecting on, not only in their own practice with against each other, but also in the Ravens' practices, there were many deep balls. Now, if you look at the Jaguars' wide receiving core, DJ Chark, legitimate deep threat. Uh, Chris Conley, legitimate deep threat. Keelan Cole, legitimate deep threat. Mm -hmm. Didi Westbrook, I would say he's a deep threat. But out of those four guys, three of them are legitimate guys that can go over the top and win. And Jimmy Smith of the Ravens, the cornerback, learned that pretty quickly. Yes, he did. uh, Multiple times. And the Jaguars practice with the Ravens. So and Pete, those are good corners. Those are good corners. Good Omar corners. And Humphrey Carr good and Carr and Jimmy Smith. So, so there you go. That that's something that I think that uh, the Jaguars fans, if that's the one trait that I think is a little bit different out of what we've seen in the past with the Jaguars' offense, they are more than willing to throw the ball deep with offensive coordinator John D. Filippo. Let's come back. We'll go around the National Football League. We'll hit the situation in Dallas, Pete, that apparently is kind of not really breaking. There's nothing happening over the last hour or so. $30 million the kid supposedly turned down. Was he crazy? Dak Prescott. We'll get to that. Antonio Brown, all that's coming up. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Proven IT implements a strategic game plan designed to streamline your business for maximum results. Make the winning choice with the official business systems partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Proven IT. Proven IT's technology experts use a customized approach to understand how to design, implement, and monitor solutions that optimize your business. Proven IT provides managed network services, document management solutions, office technology, voice and data solutions, and more. Visit ProvenIT.com to see how they can streamline your business. Proven IT, transforming workplace Productivity. 
Hurry into the Ford Hurry Up and Save Sales event and get 20% estimated savings on select Ford SUVs, plus earn complimentary maintenance through Ford Pass Rewards. Moda must be activated within 60 days of purchase through the Ford Pass app on a smartphone and remain active for at least six months after activation. Eligible on select 2019 model year vehicles. Vehicle must have arrived at dealer at least 61 days prior to the sale date. Estimated savings include an average dealer discount based on a sales survey of average discounts offered by Ford dealers nationally. Discount may vary. Dealer determines price. For all offers, take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 9319. See participating dealer for complete details. Kessler Creative, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, has the large format printing services running in high gear, creating large banners for marketing events, full vehicle ramps. Learn how Kessler changes the game with print and direct mail innovation. From eye-catching restaurant menus to real estate yard signs and event displays, Kessler does it all. Kessler Creative, Jacksonville, Florida. Results-driven marketing and a proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Okay, so we're here to see who's going to go for the win. First off, Molly took it to the next level with the chairs and the coolers. Here comes Emma, bringing it with those killer boots and that portable grill. Oh my, I think she's going for it. Um, Mom, I think the hot dogs are on fire. Hold on, honey. Ladies, where did you go to get ready for the game? Steinmart. Visit any one of our six locations in Jacksonville for all your tailgating needs as we proudly support the Jaguars this season. Steinmart. Saving is a beautiful thing. We're back. Final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagavin, and Pete Prisco. Now you got it right. Joe Fortunato's birthday. Our manager of radio is 61 Woo-hoo. years of age. And he got birthday cookies. Yeah, I had one of those today. They were good. Chocolate chip. I didn't get one. Amanda Holt made a fantastic batch of cookies in the office. I was uh, looking forward to having are. one right before the show or during the show as like kind of a snack holding me over until dinner time. Mm-hmm. And I was actually getting up to go <laughs> get one. And Joe's like, dude, they're gone. All these scavengers wow, running around here. Wow, he stiffed you, logs. Ah, right. I mean, it's just all right, you know. <laughs> That's right. I mean, it's all right. Let's go around the National Football League in our final minutes here. We start in Dallas where... Dak Prescott apparently, well, allegedly is turning down $30 million a year because he wants $40 million a year. Pete, is this true, and is he nuts? Yeah, it's true, and he's nuts. Yes and yes. I mean, bottom line, look, you know what happens with the quarterbacks? It's the next guy up wants the biggest deal, and doesn't mean he should get it. Uh, if somebody, if the Dallas Cowboys are offering Dak Prescott $30 million a year, he should race up there and take it, period, end of story. Uh, he's not that good. He's a, a good, serviceable quarterback. He's not the guy that's going to carry that franchise if need be. Uh, so he's crazy if he turns down $30 million. You're dead on the money. All right, Pete, I, I would totally agree with you. Uh, but I, I, I want to make sure that people understand that he turned down $30 million a year in extension. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not like he is going to have his, his existing contract ripped up and then he's going to start earning $30 million a year starting right, right now. 
So that's a little different. And, and by the but way, it's a lot of money. A lot of money coming in the it. door now. Yeah. Let's yeah. go. Elliot is a better player at his position than Dak is at his. Dak is more valuable to that team. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, Dak is. It's a running back, Pete. Jeff. They're replaceable. All uh, of them. I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if I'd go there. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the running backs are replaceable. Yes. But he, would you he, rather play? With, are you eating M and M's? By the way, I'm hearing <laughs> crunching. No. What no, do you? Would you rather? My bag is open over here. Would you rather play? Bag of M and M's. My God. Quarterback. Pete. Cooper Rush, and Zeke Elliott, or the backup running back and Dak Prescott. I'd rather play the backup running back and Dak Prescott. Of course you would. But, I mean, well, you know, and that might be debatable now because the backup running back with the Dallas Cowboys is not that good, Pete. It's Tony Pollard. He's a run, young rookie. He's going to yeah, be really good. Uh, well, I mean, now he's a rookie. I mean, the one that they had he's last year with was the not quarterback very good. Log. The quarterback's more valuable. Uh, Looking back on it, they probably should have drafted Jalen Ramsey, right? That's what we said right at the draft. I said that well, a long I time ago. I, I would have taken Ramsey. I can, I can tell you this. Zeke Elliott, for that organization, has been exactly what they've needed. For, for where they were at with their quarterback and where they were at as an offense, that was a better fit for them as a team than Jalen Ramsey would have been. When he's been available. He's been suspended a bunch. Right? He's yeah, been out but a I mean, lot. Hey, missed a lot of games. Elliott logs? What's that? Be careful with that one. Oh, you got to be careful with the running back. I don't think there's any yeah. doubt about that. And he's got uh, what he's got – how many years left on his contract? He's got two, two right? I mean, two yeah. more. He's got one this year under contract, and then he's got an option year, which they picked up. Oh, no, up. and he's got that next year, so he's got two. Yeah, he's, he's got not, two. He's crazy if he's getting a new deal. Well, I mean, I, I don't blame him for trying <laughs> because I can tell you this. is, and, and let me ask you this question, Pete. Is he not worth more than what he's getting right now? Oh, absolutely. There's yes. no question about that. Yeah, so do you blame him no, for withholding his services right now and holding out? No, not absolutely at all. not. Hey, Especially. Alvin Gordon is worth more than he's getting right now, but you got to be careful with those deals. Hey, they can look at Todd Gurley's deal and blame him because the running back market has gone off the edge because of Todd Gurley. Let's move to Oakland. Antonio Brown's saga. First, it's the frostbitten feet. Oh my now, God. now he's threatening to not play anymore if he can't use his old model this, helmet. And this now is better. The arbitrator has come down and said that he cannot use the old helmet, this, which is a 12-year-old shoot-air advantage helmet. Uh, Brown believed to be the only player resisting the new rule. I think there were 30 players or so grandfathered in last year. Now there, that rule has gone bunch, away. There's a bunch of guys that have had to change helmets, Tom Brady including in that group. Yes. Okay, but here's the deal. Antonio Brown is better than days of our lives. I can tell yeah. you that. I mean, this is this is entertainment. I mean, this guy, he's a nut job. He really is. And 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 look, they're trying to make it safer for you, you knucklehead. Take the new helmet. <laughs> it's all it's incredible. But he can't see the football, Pete. Come on, man. You're telling me. Okay, and here's the thing, Pete. It's not like the NFL is saying, here's your new helmet. You only can have one. Right, it's the only one them. we have available. Dude, no. There's a bunch. They have like 12 helmets to choose from. There's more than that. And, and every one of them, and maybe you might be right, it might be more than 12. But there is a variety of helmets for him to choose from and ones that are proven, proven that they're lighter, better, far as more aerodynamic, more... Uh, uh, air cooling and are safer, most importantly, for you than the helmet that you were wearing. 
Why? What did you wear? Did you wear Rydell when you came into the league? I wore Rydell when I came in the league because that was really your only option was Rydell, right. and and I don't think we had many choices. We had a couple what did options you wear with Jacksonville. Rydell. Did you bring the same helmet? Did I wear the same helmet year after year? Yeah. Hell no. Of course you did it. I'm not going to wear the same helmet because after you beat heads with somebody for an entire year, do you think that that's going to be safe for me to wear to the next year as it would be if I got a new one? No. No, I I don't get it. I don't understand the whole – he's at – you're right. He's better than the days of our lives. It is. It's entertaining, though. I mean, mean, you got to love it from that aspect. And And here's the disappointing thing. This was a great opportunity for HBO, right? They've got and them. hard knocks. They've got them. And and John Gruden is ruining it by cutting cutting all this stuff on the editing floor. I mean, from the from the cryogenically frozen foot <laughs> to the helmet to the non participation in practice, and they're cutting that out of hard knocks. This could be the best hard knocks ever. Yeah, the and first episode was terrible. I thought. No, hmm. disappointing. All right, uh, we've made it through another program, Jaguars Happy Hour, uh, Pete. Well done. Uh, what's your what week look upgrade like? Upgrade with logs. So easy to talk and feed. No yelling and screaming and just good football conversation. It's a rarity on this program, considering who else is usually on the show. Yeah, don't get used <laughs> to it, because uh, Tony Baselli will be back next week for Jaguars Happy Hour. Logs, thanks so much, man. Bye, Pete. Good to see you. Thank see you, Pete. Oh, by the way, I'll be at the game Thursday. All right, oh, cool. We'll, we'll see you then. See uh, Pete Prisco, right, Jeff Lagerman, birthday boy Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber, our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll see you next time. Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.